Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm Sarah. I'm Derek. And we would like to welcome you to Planet Bob, where we talk about the movies and shows that made their way to our little corner of the galaxy this week. Okay, so episode 52. John and Derek are here. Sarah is not. We're going to talk about some Lost. <laughs> Again. Because we're, we're determined to actually get through this now. Oh, absolutely. We've got legs, man. We're, we're running with this. Now that John is here and like it's not just me trying to convince Sarah every week that we should do some Lost. I need no <laughs> convincing to watch Lost. Sarah does? Uh, yeah, up until uh, we watched The Man from Tallahassee and she's like, I'm into the show again now. <laughs> <laughs> Took you three seasons and now you're into it. Good yeah. job, Sarah. Very good job. That happens too, though. She was talking about, like... How she couldn't get into Breaking Bad until after the end of season two, and oh yeah, can I confess something to you? You've never watched it. I've never seen the end of it. I started watching. I think I got two, three seasons into it, but then the fourth season hadn't aired yet, and then I started watching something else, probably The Sopranos or something dumb like that, and then I never got back into it. And to this day, I still haven't finished Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'm going to say that Breaking Bad. Is the best non-divisive ending for any TV show I've ever seen. Oh, yeah? Lost, I really like the ending, but a lot of people don't. It's like, a lot of people either love it or they hate it. It's very polarizing. Breaking Bad, I feel <coughs> like everyone pretty much loves it. Yeah, Very. I've not seen many people complain about it. Fair enough, fair enough. One day I aspire to get back into it. There you go. <laughs> well, you finished Castle Rock, now you can start Breaking Bad. No. Haunting of Hill House. Oh, right, yes. That's right, you said that. There's an order to things, Dylan. <laughs> an order. Yeah. Well, I said we were going to talk about Lost, but that's so far a lie. Yeah, <laughs> so far. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> There's no one to keep us on track, really, right? No, yeah. this is all on me, and yeah. we're in trouble. Sarah, Sarah's gone. <laughs> we're off into the rhubarb. <laughs> Immediately. Okay, back onto it. Episode 13. The Man from Tallahassee. A good one. I really like this one from the first time I saw it. Yeah, it was a good episode for sure. Uh, I like how the the beginning of the episode starts with Locke talking to some his caseworker about disability, and we assume that it's because of his being paralyzed. Yeah. But no, it's due to depression, due to like his father's conning him out of his kidney. I, I love The Lost Writers, and this is very apparent in the next couple episodes. I guess it's probably a theme throughout the whole show is the obvious, the bait and switch, yeah. right? They're big on this direction. They are on that. Yeah. massive. And, and I love it because even watching this again for, I don't even know, the third or fourth time, I forget. And again, I'm sucked in. And yeah. I'm going, oh, damn, they, they did it again. And this isn't the first time I've seen the episode. <laughs> so congratulations, guys. That's... Uh, Really entertaining. I, I also noted that Juliet is very friendly with Jack. Touching his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Which no. will come back in Kate's episode. Absolutely. <laughs> Juliet, Jack, Kate, Sawyer, a little love, love square, square going on. <laughs> which becomes more complete later. <laughs> complete the square. <laughs> like right now it's weird because of like there's there's two relationships that kind of cross and later they'll like cross even more. Yeah, right now it's more like a love diamond maybe and... Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Like, we probably shouldn't be talking about It all about crosses that. eventually. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. gets rather... It gets complicated. Rather daytime television-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very soap opera. Soap opera. <laughs> really? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Is that good or bad? <laughs> uh, it has its moments. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it ha yeah, there are good aspects to it. <laughs> uh, this might be a good time to segue into something that Dylan and I were talking about just before you showed up there, Derek, about the writers, how they sort of borrow from other genres rather successfully. Like, you're seeing more and more now Lost is becoming a bit of a science fiction show, you know? There's yeah. some mystery going on with the Dharma Initiative and the, the mysteries with the island and whatnot, uh, the inherent stuff. But... So they've got sort of like this sci-fi angle, but initially it started off like they were just set in drama, right? It was like an island drama. It's just survival drama at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, so you have like this mass amount of people in America and North America or worldwide, whatever, watching this for the drama aspect. 
and slowly it's being shifted towards like this sci-fi show normally you know the two groups sort of are are opposed right you yeah. see a lot of sci-fi guys tuned into daytime tv and <laughs> vice versa yeah but here they've sort of sucked the two groups into watching the same show both sides kind of forgiving the other for the poorer aspects and watching it for their own enjoyment i just find that very interesting well the writers are really good at blending genres yeah there's there's a Lost is a lot of things. Absolutely. They're like even, and we get later in the show, and there's a lot of fantasy elements that get in, included in like season six. True. True. Season four is very heavy sci-fi. Season five is Still. a little bit of a mix of both, and then season six is just very heavy fantasy and less on the sci-fi aspects. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's a weird. It's weird because I don't normally like fantasy, but I like the way Lost deals with it. <laughs> It's not so bad for a single season. No. Especially after you've had the run-up that, that you get. And there are fantasy elements, like the foretold statue that we've seen that Saeed saw from the boat. Oh, that's yeah. right. That, that will come back. We will, see, we will see the full statue at some point. I don't know how much of this you want to get into. Yeah, no. No, no. No, no, we should S- stop. Same way out before we ruin the whole thing for Derek. Poor Derek. <laughs> so, Derek, watching this now, you're seeing... Yeah, going back to Juliet and Jack and whatnot, you have bets on who's going to end up with who in the end here, or is everyone going to end up alone, or they're all going to end up dead? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think they're all going to end up alone. I don't know why I think that, but... Because they're, they're terrible people? It's yeah. what they deserve. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Because <laughs> they're garbage people and they don't deserve other people. Yeah. <laughs> no one, none of you deserve to be happy. <laughs> No, that's fair. That's yeah. that's definitely a fair assumption, Derek. I mean, uh, I'm not going to tell you if you're you're correct or not, yeah. but I can understand why you might think that. Yes, yes. I think I feel like the really only good person is Hurley. Yeah, because once again we see Hurley basically being Island Jesus. Exactly, yeah. Island Jesus. <laughs> Which will... I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> it's a big spoiler if I say anything. Yeah, yeah, don't. Well, okay, moving on from there. Um... I like that Kate mirrors the audience's assumptions about that she can't understand why Jack would be down with the others. She just assumes he's brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're the enemy, right? Like they as, far as, of, any, as far as they know, yes. Yeah, and now next thing you know, you see Jack playing football with him. So. Yeah. And like having Juliet touch him gently on the arm, like there's something going on. I mean, I, I would think brainwashing too, maybe from her perspective, especially considering the room they found Carl in yeah. you know, a few episodes prior. Yeah, room 23. That's right. You know, brainwashing is not above these guys, right? It's not another question. I mean, it would definitely explain Jack's sudden turn and acceptance of the others when previously he'd been like, we need to kill these people. Yeah. Well, they were ready to go to war, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Jack straight up asked Anna Lucia what it would take to train an army, mm-hmm. yeah. which we never get back to, but... <laughs> no, that, that was abandoned. Yeah. Just fine, probably for the best. Yeah, that, should, that wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would trust anyone's motives to look out for other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know Kate was thinking that he had to be brainwashed, but, I mean, you're out there. It's every man for yourself, himself. Yeah. And if you see an opportunity where maybe you can, you know, get out, then it's like, okay, sorry, but I have really no allegiance to you guys other than we happen to crash here well yeah like we kept talking about yeah it's been it hasn't even been a full three months yet yeah exactly they don't they don't really know anybody they're not friends no they weren't friends on a plane that crashed or whatever right they you know what i mean so yeah nikki and paolo knew each other before yeah and they don't even like each other well <laughs> nikki doesn't like <laughs> that's true paolo is all about nikki but the same is not true the other way around yeah <laughs> Nikki's all about Nikki. Yeah. She's all about them diamonds. <laughs> Just like Boone and Shannon, but we'll get to that next episode. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Plenty of time for that. Um, what else was I going to say here? Oh, yeah, when Kate busts into the house, you know, and Matthew Fox is sitting there, Jack is sitting there playing the piano. I wonder if Matt Fox actually learned how to play the piano for the role. That just sort of popped into my head. He may have already known... Like, he may have had piano lessons as a kid, I don't know. Yeah, could be. I'm I, just sort of curious. I'm this like, isn't something oh, I've ever looked up, so... It's like, that, that's <laughs> yeah. a nice little melody there, Matt. Uh, where did you learn that? 
It's how uh, it's the same way that um, Sun learned her lines in English phonetically, or Jin learned his lines in Korean. Really? Because he doesn't actually speak Korean. Oh no! The guy who plays Jin. Wow. Is like he. Could if you watch him in other things, he has a very American accent. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't know Korean before he was on Lost. Well, I learned something new every day. So all his lines are written out phonetically. So he could just read it, and it sounds like he's speaking Korean, even though he's never spoken a language in his life. Neat. <laughs> and Sun's the opposite? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Wow. Or she learned English, I can't remember which. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting, you know, duo on camera and off camera. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> the roles are reversed in real life. <laughs> uh, Locke wants to blow more shit up. Yeah, that's yeah. And does so. So Locke sends Kate into the house first, says something like, you know... You should be the first thing Jack sees. Yeah. Really, as a red herring, so he can fuck off and yeah. go see. That's what ben. I mean. Everyone's out for themselves. So when... Danielle disappeared as soon yeah. as they get there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where, where did she <laughs> run off to? She went to wait in the woods for Locke to walk past with Alex later in yeah. the evening. Yeah, she didn't even do anything, right? Like, not as far as I. Yeah. Not as far as I remember. No. You just no. see a glimpse of her after, like you say, in the bushes. Looking sad at, at Alex. Yeah. So she treks. Like halfway across the island to find her daughter and then just cowers in the just bush. Hides in the bush. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe it uh, was just all all too much, all too real for her. Well, she, it's like she said before, like she's she's not sure how to approach Alex because Alex doesn't know her. Yeah. 16 years. And a- Alex has been told that her mom is dead, which I mean, fair enough, you would tell her that. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's a crazy jungle lady. Your so. mom's a crazy murderer. She's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, out there in the bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see. Uh, I could see how she might be a little apprehensive to approach that subject. Your mom's an agent of chaos. <laughs> we don't want her around here. I feel bad for her. I uh, I really liked uh, Ben's line to Locke when he asks if that if if the man from Tallahassee is code, and Ben is like. No, John, we don't have a code for there's a guy in my closet with a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though it seems like we should. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good line on Ben's part. Yeah. It's like, he's he's a great character. He's terrible, but he's, he's yeah. fun to watch. He is a lot of fun to watch. And although he may be terrible, you can't help but appreciate his genius. He's ten steps ahead of everybody at all times. Yeah. Like what Alex is telling Locke about, he's, whatever you're going to do, Ben is, wants you to do it. You think it's your idea, but really it's his. It's very accurate. Ben is 10 steps ahead of everyone at all times. Even so he when really didn't want Locke to blow up the sub. Oh yeah. He didn't want, like he, he explains later, he yeah. didn't want Jack to escape because that makes, that would make him look weak. That's right, yeah. But he can't stop him from going because that would also make him look weak. Yeah. No one would trust his word again after, That's after right, that yeah. if he, he went back on his word. So, it's like, if I get if I manipulate Locke into blowing up the sub, I get both things that I want. No one leaves the island, and I don't have to I don't have to back out of my word. That's right, yeah. We get our first introduction to who will be a major character going forward, Richard, the man who uncuffs. Oh, okay. Locke. Yeah. He will be very very important going forward. Yeah. Yeah, we saw him before in Juliet's episode, right? Yeah, he shows up to um, like recruit her. Oh yes, that's right. At too. the fertility clinic. Yes. <clears throat> you are right. So this isn't really his introduction, but we see him in his role on the island. That's right. Yeah, he. I don't. Have we seen him on the island? No. As of yet, no. We've only seen him off island. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With Ethan. That's right. That's right. So yeah, he's on the island. So he's and Locke's dad is also on the island somehow. Yes. Aha. I was not expecting that. No, I, I wasn't either when I watched it. Yeah. It, that's why I like the ending so much. It's like so out of left field and gets you asking questions. Yeah. Uh, qu- questions you won't get the answer to until season five, I think. Yeah, maybe. We eventually get, they don't full on tell us, but they allude to how he gets there later on. Oh, okay. But that's, that again, won't come until season five. As long as I know what's coming though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some, some stuff. You yeah, get answers you. to some stuff. A lot of it is indirect, though. It's like, here's a little piece of information that answers a question from seasons ago, but we're not going to tell you it even connects to that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's not exactly like a one-to-one uh-huh. relationship. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be like a throwaway line. It'll sort of allude to it, but it's really up to you to go back and realize that that line in the next season was answering this question in the series before. I feel like the writers put a lot of faith in their audience that was rewarded in some cases and others not. Yeah. Some audience members don't appreciate having to do the work and put it on it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I I liked that it gave me something to think about. Yeah. Gives you something to and talk about. You can Absolutely. discuss different theories with people. For or sure. Or argue them. Yes, I was often <laughs> arguing. <laughs> often. But I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Here we are, like ten years later, still discussing this show. Yeah. Still debating on, you know, what aspects were important or what meant what. Yeah, yeah and so, what information is actually relevant and what's not. Yeah, I think that's the mark of an amazing show that it has this sort of legacy. I completely agree. But I also understand that a lot of people just want something dumb to watch and that's where the... They just uh, want to turn off their brain and be that, entertained. That's right. Daytime TV. But whenever people would tell me that, I'm like, Lost never promised any such thing. From, nope. the, from day one, it was... It was not going to be a, an easy show. It was. It demanded active participation from the viewers. That's right. So it definitely wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but it did do a good job of pulling in a, a massive audience. Again, across ABC, lots of money. Absolutely, you know, across all the the different genres. Well, and it's what made serialized primetime television a thing. Yeah, right. Before than Lost, it episodes. wasn't a thing. Everything was an episode. Every every drama was an episode, and then the next episode, they might remember what happened before, but it didn't directly connect. And then when Lost came around, everything was connected. Yeah, that was something only shown on cable TV before. Like yeah. HBO shows? Yeah, yeah. Like, like The Sopranos yeah, exactly. or yeah. Sex in the City, whatever they had in 1999 or whatever it was. Uh, I made a note about Locke's terrible hair in this oh, flashback. I can't believe that, too. Like, Locke has not embraced the bald yet? No. Do I marked that down, but Locke looks better with no, with no hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that is really... Like, there's, this show has kind of a weird history with wigs. Like, there's some really good ones and some really bad ones. Yeah. And that's a bad one. <laughs> Poor Locke. He just has, like, the worst time of everything. He's just, like, an easy mark. Oh, yeah. Locke's entire story is being the victim of cons. Yeah. Everything, everything that ever happens to him is... Con. Exactly, yeah. But now he's found his place with the others being their new messiah. Or so he thinks. Or has he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funny. It goes one way or the other, right? Like, it seems like just when he thinks he's doing okay, he just gets destroyed worse than the last time. Uh, yeah, and that, that trend continues. That will continue. That story does not end. No. Locke's whole reason for being. Is to get conned? Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. That is, I'll go so far as to say that's his purpose in life, <laughs> is to be conned. Poor guy. Yeah, it really sucks. That would suck. <laughs> so did anyone else like when Alex went to retrieve the bag from the guard? Like, there's just pounds of C4 in it, and she just waddles up and grabs it. <laughs> like, no one bothers to check it and go... Oh, dang, there is a crap ton of explosives in here. <laughs> My dad said he wanted it. Why? I don't know. He just said he wanted it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Here's the bag. Here's 30 pounds of Semtex. <laughs> Be careful with it. Going to his flashback, I was... So, why is Locke asking his dad for his word that he's going to stop conning the lady? As though that his word means anything. That is a very good question. He's a, a fucking con man. His whole thing man. is lying. That's right. <laughs> Your word means nothing. So yeah. Give me your word! Yeah. Fine, I'll uh, call okay, it off. I call it off. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, game over. But again, there's Locke just setting himself up for disappointment again, right? Story of his life. Literally and figuratively. And he never learns. No. He doesn't seem to, eh? No. He's he th- frustrating, this character. He is. You want to like him, but... Like, yeah. He's so dumb I so know. many times. <laughs> Probably part of a a greater sense here. Maybe it goes back to what Sawyer said about a tiger not changing their stripes. Like, you're just doomed to repeat the same things over and over again because that's just who you are deep down. Yeah. Your nature is your nature. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
Locke is always too trusting, sets himself up to be disappointed constantly. And you'd think, as a viewer, you look at that going, damn, man, just don't do that next time. It seems so simple, but to him it's not, right? No. And it's hap- it happens so often with Ben. Ben is like his dad in that he keeps falling for the same cons. Ben lies to him, and he just keeps accepting whatever whatever lie he's told. Try not to get too ahead here, but yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm ha- I have a hard time, too. It's hard It's hard when you know everything that's going to happen. and What's going to happen? Things. <laughs> things. Stop. Stop laughing, Stuart. But actually, the, the relationship between Ben and John is, is rather interesting. And although I understand where you're coming from saying that Ben is kind of like his dad, sort of, you know, constantly lying to him. But it's not not a one-to-one. It's not that simple. No, right? no, it's not. It's not direct comparison, but it, just in that Locke is very vulnerable to Ben's cons, the same way he's very vulnerable to his father's cons. The same way he's vulnerable to all cons. But especially with these two, like, other other people, he questions the, their, what they're doing, but for some reason with Ben and his father, he's very... Maybe it's because they understand him better than other characters, so they can use his own psychology against him. Because I, I made a note here that Ben knows way more about Locke than he should, even with the research from the film. There are things that he shouldn't know. Fair enough. And that's true of, like, all of the others. Like, they know more about all of the Losties than, than they should logically know. From pulling some dossiers and doing some... Yeah, there's research being done that's far and beyond just, like, looking at documents. Right. And so I guess you're, as an audience member right now, you're stuck wondering if that's just something that they've written in and you accept it as, okay, they just know it and move on. Or if there's, if there's something bigger at play here. If maybe the others have off-island operations, which that's been alluded to with Middle-Ost Bioscience and Juliet's recruitment, right? Mm. So it's not just that they have communication with the outside world, they have people out there doing whatever it is the others want them, need them to do. Actively surveil people. Whatever their purpose is, that is still elusive. But Locke appears to have completely bought into. It's a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like all three of these episodes. Yeah, they're really good, actually. I was actually curious how you felt about Expose. I like that one. Because a lot of people hated it. Really? Why? I feel like it was because the cliffhanger between, like, at the end of The Man from Tallahassee, people wanted answers to that. Oh. And then we get nothing about that in the Nikki and Paolo episode. And it has nothing to do with anything, really. Yeah. It's just showing what happened before. I mean, we get a couple little things, like uh, Charlie confessing that he's the one that kidnapped Sun because Sawyer was conning the whole group. But a lot of people didn't like that it's almost completely disconnected from the rest of the series. Which is understandable. I mean, yeah, about, I, I guess if you look at it that way, yeah, for sure. It's about two characters who were introduced earlier on this season, right? Yeah, who no one gave a shit about. I- exactly, and then you're killing them off. So it's almost a throwaway episode, really. So why would they do that, do you think? Just the Supposedly the reason for introducing Nikki and Paolo in the first place was to explore the idea of what, like background characters, like the, the, act, the background actors who aren't actually actors what they were doing while the A-team was off doing their thing. Um, yeah, what's the B-team doing? Yeah. The D-team, even. Like, <laughs> Nikki and Paolo don't have much impact on the story ever. No. No, exactly. So, but yeah, they, I think as characters, they just weren't very well received, and so the writers killed them off after a few episodes. Yeah, they were going to give them a bigger arc, but they... No one they're like, there's no one likes these characters. Yeah. No one really likes these characters, so let's just give them one really good episode instead of giving them multiple episodes where their story plays out. Yeah. And to be fair, you kill them off in a pretty cool way. Yeah. I thought it was good, actually. Yeah. The way they did that. And it, like, I really like the way it's set up as a... It's, it feels like a whole different show. Yeah. Because it's more of a, a mystery, like a detective story than, yeah, it's a than anything else. Absolutely. I love a good whodunit. To go back to the man from Tallahassee yeah, it wasn't for two actually, seconds. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm okay jumping on the expose. I've basically gone through most of what I want to say. But in the man from Tallahassee, Locke's sitting there with a the TV dinner watching TV, I guess. And he's watching expose. I don't know if... Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't pick that Actually, up. and two, there's another reference earlier. Uh, in one scene in Hurley's house, in Hurley's episode, Trisha Tanaka is dead. Expose is playing on a TV in the background. 
Oh, is Literally. it? See, yeah. I missed that one. And a lot of people did. I didn't notice it at first either, but people pointed it out after the fact. I'm like, oh my god. The things that you miss, eh? That people Pretty. pick up and you're like, oh, just the way they throw those things in there. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Like the, the, the planning they think they must go into when they're making this show. Yeah. Insane to me. I would have loved to see the writer's room during this show. Uh, apparently yeah. they had like... They had like uh, a board of to track characters that were dead. They had dead, alive, dead, and undead. <laughs> so undead. characters like Christian would be under undead because he's dead, but we, he still appears. He yeah. shows up. So characters and Kate's horse for some reason was under that heading. I don't know why. <laughs> well, fair enough. You're going back to that season one, season two now. Uh, no, that was this season, wasn't it? Kate's Horse, I think. I think oh, so. Oh, man. It's been a while. I could be wrong, but I, 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 it might have been in season two when I was re-watching season two to prep for you coming in to talk about Lost With Us. Oh, fair enough. To get back into it. Again, all the seasons kind of blur together for me, and jumping back in at season three, yeah, I don't exactly remember what was in, yeah, what's where, in previous seasons, what's still to come. Yeah, I tried to remember... It's easier from this point forward because there's, there's core things that change in each of the next three seasons that I can't really talk about. But Not John, so John sure knows what I'm talking about, but there's, there's major changes in the plot. I guess you call them game changers because they change how everything happens. Yeah, I mean, as a driving guy, I like to you know, call it shifting gears, but yeah. yeah, every season you just keep going up a level, right? And there's, there's things that happen that change the focus of the story, like... No, no, we'll get there. It, yeah, it's okay. all good. We'll we'll get to there. And but it, it's sort of like how in the first season, you know, it was all about trying to survive or get off the island. And the big right. thing is that they built a raft. You know, it's like Robinson Crusoe. And now it's about investigating the Dharma Initiative and the secrets behind that. Every season, it gets kind of deeper into it and, and the focus changes. Yeah. I, I just feel like in the next... That continues. In the next three seasons, they're more obvious things that highlight what the story is about for the whole season. For the whole series. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can't talk about it because it would it would reveal major spoilers and I don't wanna I, I'm okay with giving you little hints of things that might happen, but to reveal big major plot changes I don't I'm not comfortable with. No, agreed. What's a big one? <laughs> Damn it Derek Boy, <laughs> What did we just say? <laughs> We're going to have to cut out so much stuff because of you. So much stuff. You need to chill out. Sarah's not here. Yeah. Calm. Uh, I felt the need to point out that the magic box is just a metaphor. Because yes. a lot of people thought there was an actual box, box. on the island where you, you could pull anything out of. And Ben like explicitly states that. Yeah, that it's it just a metaphor, metaphor, John. Yeah. But a lot of the audience didn't... didn't Listen to the dialogue. Fair enough. And to be fair, Ben does lie a lot. Yeah, he so, does. So, I mean, if it was revealed that there was actually a magic box, that it wouldn't would be that surprising. No, it would not <laughs> at all. <laughs> but, but no, John's dad did not just pop out of a magic box somewhere. He was retrieved. Uh, we finally found out how Locke became paralyzed. Yeah, that was uh, something. Sarah was so pissed off. Like, again, when we watched it again yesterday. Yeah. So it was like, I fucking hate him! <laughs> That's such a shitty thing to do. You've already oh. fucked a guy's ah. life up so royally. Yeah. And now you paralyze him. You knock him out of a fucking window. And then we're off to Mexico. <laughs> He's the biggest piece of shit. Oh, yeah. On the entire show. I would argue that he is worse than any of the others ever are. Yeah? That's yeah. his own son that he paralyzed. No, no, I, I, was just, I was just thinking maybe Charles Whitmore, but yeah, no. He, he will redeem himself. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Anthony Cooper, biggest douche. He gets the award for biggest douche. Fair enough. <laughs> and yeah, like we already talked about, the, the reveal of Anthony Cooper on the island is incredible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I remember seeing that for the first time. My jaw was on the floor. Like, How what the hell? There? What is going on? <clears throat> I'm not sure what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. I yeah. I don't know what I thought he was going to show him, but yeah, I, I just, certainly didn't think it was going to be his dad. Like, I think at this point I already decided that I, I'm not going to try to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. Because I can't. Every yeah. prediction I've made to this point has been so far off. There's no point trying to trying to figure it out. Just watch it happen. Yeah, you just go along for the ride. Yeah. 
I was did I was glad that they showed his dad and not just the expression on Locke's face when he opened it and then that would have been the end of the episode. Yeah, because we're not coming back to that until later. What's the episode? It's called the Brig, but I'm not sure if it's our next group or or later. It's in this season though? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You guys continue talking, I'll uh Oh I mean Oh Boog, come on buddy. I can only pet you for so long. You're so fluffy. No, that'll be not the next block, but the block after. It'll be our first episode in the ne- in the second next block. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. So how many more do we have to go after this? We've got we've got a, a one block more, of three, two more group of threes, and then, and then we'll the do finale. the finale as its own thing. I love right. it. That'll be awesome. Uh, back to expose. I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was a really fun way to kill off two characters. I, I love that Sawyer doesn't even realize who the characters are. You know, yeah. Who starts off and goes, still, who still the hell is Nikki? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's amazing. It just really puts a, a point on... They don't know. They don't really know each They don't other. know and they don't care, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just like everyone else in North America. Like we I thought, really don't care about Nikki and Paolo. I thought the whole plot about, like, the looking for the diamonds, that was fucking stupid. You're on, like, like Sawyer said, the diamonds are fucking worthless. Worth yeah. There's no point. Yeah, and especially to go to that extent to try and find them. And plus, you can't just sell diamonds like that. <laughs> no? Well, first of all, the guy had them in a, a safe. He's just sitting in a safe. Why does a TV producer have a stack of diamonds just sitting in a safe? That is a very good question. <laughs> yeah, see, those are the things I never think of when I watch the episodes. I didn't think of it at first either, but I'm like... Why the hell would a now TV you producer have like, Yeah, why, why would he have that? <laughs> and then you can't, like, diamonds are, are marked. So, like, if you try to sell these diamonds the way they are, they're going to be able to track it to whoever sold them. Like, they'll, they'll know that these are stolen diamonds. Yeah. So their whole plan is stupid as shit. Unless they're unmarked to begin with. Maybe the, this guy's in the blood diamond trade, you know? <laughs> Underground but, diamonds. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not like you're, like... Waddling down to the local pawn shop and no. selling these for eight million dollars. Like no, and yeah, if they're if they're worth eight million dollars, you're not getting nearly eight million dollars no. <laughs> on the black market. No. Yeah. So, yeah, but it just goes to show you how materialistic Nikki was, right? Yeah. Like Whereas Paolo, Paolo, it feels like he stole the diamonds because Nikki wanted them. Yes, he was obsessed with her. She was obsessed with the stones. Yeah. Which is weird, because I, I wasn't expecting his character to be the one that's actually motivated by love. Yeah. Because yeah, everything we've seen to, seen of him to this point, he seemed like a, a self-absorbed douche. That is the vibe he gives off. Sort of parallels the Boone and Shannon thing, though, right? Yeah. A lot of foreshadowing, a lot of like stereotypical stuff in this, right, in this episode. And Nikki is the one that has pretended to care about people. That's right. Whereas Paolo's like, eh. I, let's go to the Pearl. Really? You want to go to the Pearl? Why do you want to go to the Pearl? I like Nikki at the very beginning. She has her little guest spot in the expose show and she goes, that's what guest stars do. They get killed off. You know, just to sort of set the tone for the whole, yeah, that's whole one episode. Of those, one of those lines that the writers include that's like them speaking directly to the audience. Yeah, exactly. I like that part. Sarah got mad when she said razzle dazzle. She's like, that's fucking stupid. Oh my God, it's so... That was actually bad. It was really stupid. Oh, it's really bad. It's bad, bad TV. I guess I was listening to the commentary for that episode earlier today, and they were talking about that's a, a term that Damon Lindelof likes to use, so they just threw it in the script. Really? really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. And then I like how they pepper Nikki and Paolo throughout like, all the iconic scenes in Lost thus far. Yeah. It's like, oh no, they were there for this, and they yeah. were there for that. And I'm like, no, they weren't. <laughs> But it's clever the way they film those shots because they, they insert them. It you could almost believe that they were actually there for those scenes. Yeah. Until you go back and actually watch it, and they're not there. That's right. But they do a lot of uh, cutting in old footage to make it to make it blend. Yeah, Boogie I almost enough. thought that too, right? I almost thought did I not. Yeah, they've been on this show since, yeah. uh, since season one. I didn't yeah. know. No, they definitely have not, yeah. and then they get buried alive. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no well, was he dead and she was still alive? Or, they were or both paralyzed. They are just both paralyzed? Yeah. yeah. The spider paralyzes you, that's it. Oh, did we want to bring up the smoke monster thing? Well, first I wanted to say uh, thanks for reminding us how much Shannon sucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, She's the God. absolute worst. <laughs> the airport scene, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> but again, but, Nikki and Paolo basically <laughs> became like that. 
They're looking for these diamonds. Which is exactly what Paolo said he hoped they didn't become. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we could talk about the, the thing we were talking about before. So, and I didn't even realize this myself there, Derek, but I don't know how you want to approach this there. It, it was talked about uh, with the school teacher there, that Leslie Arts. Yeah. That's his name. He had the spider, right? Yeah. And he was talking about how, you know, a bite from it will paralyze you or whatever. But then also its pheromones attract other spiders. So naturally, when Nikki throws the one spider at Paolo, bites him, and all the other spiders come out of the woodwork, you know, you think it's the work of the pheromones and whatnot. But Dylan here is on, you know, the internets, <laughs> <laughs> looking up uh, you know, the transcribed versions of podcasts with the writers and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, and they, they mention it in the commentary, too. Fair enough. Alluded that, to. Yeah, that it's actually the smoke monster is the spider that bites Nikki, not, doesn't have anything to do with the pheromones. Or maybe the pheromones attracted a few others, but it is the smoke monster yeah. that bites Nikki. If you, li- if you listen really closely to, to the audio, you can hear the chicka chicka sound of the smoke monster. Oh yeah? I'll have to go back and listen to it. I didn't pick it up. Yeah, I've got the, uh, I'll pause here and I'll play you the little clip. All right. So, where the fuck's my cursor? <laughs> so there. There you've, seen, you've heard the smoke monster attacking Nikki. Yeah, I, yeah, I would never would have heard picked that up. No, I didn't either when I first watched it, and then I went to the boards, and people were talking about it like crazy. So I went back and listened to it, and on the DVD commentary, they talk about it. And in a podcast episode the writers did for season in season five, they, they confirm that the smoke monster is the spider. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that was a bizarre one for me, but there it is. See, it was bizarre there. for you, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I had no idea until uh, an hour ago when Dylan told me. I said, really? Why? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. But it, <laughs> but it, it does sort of, I guess. We, we, we can get into it again later. Yeah. I'll, try to, I'll try to remember when we get to season six. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way you're remembering Dylan. <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest here. No one here is remembering that. No, no definitely no. not. Anything else fun and exciting for this episode? Um, that bag is worth zero dollars on the island, Nikki. Yeah. yeah. Talk about how that bag is worth eight million dollars. No. Nope, it's, it's worth nothing. And now they're all just a bunch of loose diamonds at the bottom of, uh, in their grave. Yeah. So good luck getting them, anybody. Uh. I totally forgot that, that the spider only paralyzes you. Yeah. And then Nikki, when Nikki ran out of the woods, she was saying paralyzed. No. Yeah, but they led you to believe it was Paolo lies because of what Hurley said, right? Yeah. And then tell after again. When you're given new context to yeah. everything, suddenly, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do a very good job at that. Yeah, I like the way they do that kind of stuff. And it's like a pretty the... dark ending, too. Yeah. Especially like when she opens her oh, eyes yeah, and I know. put the dirt pretty, on yeah. it. Like, ooh, that is dark. Yeah. Like, even, like, the show is pretty emotionally manipulative, but, like, buried that alive. is dark. That's, yeah. that's bleak. That's yeah. like Black Mirror bleak right there. Yeah, big, big time. <laughs> oh, the Black Mirror. So great. <laughs> Not to go off on a tangent, but... <clears throat> I like I like that Nikki and Paolo stumbled across things before other people. Like, they found the beechcraft, and they were they found the pearl yeah. before Locke found it. They can't mention it to anyone else, though, otherwise they have to explain what they were doing down there, yeah. Yeah. what they're looking for. They found something else, too. I can't remember what it is now. Uh, the Beechcraft, the Pearl. I thought that was it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh... I like how Paulo also just, like, inherently knows, like, man, if I go up into that Beechcraft, it is going to fall down, like, yeah. instantly. Yeah. Again, another line that's the writers speaking directly to the audience. Yeah. It's so <laughs> awesome. Oh, uh, we see why... Paolo needed to use the needed to use the washroom when they all went to the pearl. Yeah. Just so he could recover the diamonds. Yeah, you thought that was just like to break tension. It's or just something? A little, yeah. it's just a little joke. Yeah. It's a little light moment here. A little comic relief. And then it actually has a purpose, which is part of the. I, I think that kind of thing almost worked against the writers in a way because the it leads people to think that everything will come back. Oh. Every little thing you see is gonna. There's nothing innocuous about anything. Yeah, there's a deeper, greater meaning behind every... Every it, little throwaway thing. That's right, and which is obviously not the case. Which would be impossible. Like, even if that if that were the case, it'd be impossible. It'd be ridiculous. Because even by now, there's so many little throwaway things. They couldn't possibly cover everything. No. 
Yeah, it'd be too much. Way too much. Yeah. But they do a good job of writing in the moments that they need to. Yeah. Like, obviously, they had an idea of, you know, they already had that arc written or maybe in the back of their heads, you know, when they filmed that. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of scripts are being written or at the same time by different groups of writers. Like, there's there's two writers that do every episode. Like, they do, do it in teams. Two writers will be working on this episode, two on this one, and then two on that one. But they're, like, all being written at the same time. So they, they're connected, but they can't all be written by one person. It's just way too much. Yeah, way too much. Yeah. It, it is a lot. Not that I have any experience writing anything, but... It just looks like it. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seems like way ridi- really ridiculous. I made a note that Sawyer has changed significantly already by season three. Less because, yeah. Well, in any other season, he would have kept those diamonds for sure. That's right, yeah. He would have never given those diamonds up in season one. True. Even though they're worthless. Admittedly worthless, he would have kept them. Yeah. But he likes stuff. Yeah. He's a stuff kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're getting shades of what his future is going to be. In uh, in Left Behind, in Kate's episode, we yep. see Hurley is kind of coaching him towards what his future will be. The, uh, the de kind facto of the leadership leader. leader. The leader, yeah. yeah. I, I think I mentioned that in a previous podcast that we did where, like, the camp isn't split, but, like, the viewers are split on who the better leader is, Jack or Sawyer. Because yeah. they're both sort of, like, later on this season, you'll see both sort of vying for that position. You know, Sawyer has ideas of which way the camp should go, and so does Jack. And neither one really want to be the leader, but they, they, no one else will step up. That's right. And like Hurley said, sometimes you're just thrown into that position. Yeah. So you don't get to decide that. Which also speaks to Hurley's future. That's right. <laughs> it does. So now we're sort of in episode 15 here, is unless you wanted to close with anything on expose. Uh, I thought it was a fun episode, actually. I thought that, I thought that there was a moment where Nikki appeared very clever in that she recognized that Paolo had found their bags just from the Nicorette gum that she found on the beach that he dropped. That's that's a pretty big reach, but she was right. Yeah. Goes back to the whodunit kind of style of an episode, right? Yeah, the detective, the, the, the detective story that, yeah. that this, the episode the kind of models itself after. It's like Columbo. Modern-day yeah. Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking razzle-dazzle. I'm, I'm a Derek, though. It, it's a pretty good episode. It's a fun episode. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was, but it works could, on its own. It, it certainly does. But I could see also your side of things there, Dylan, where if you're watching this week after week, and like last week Locke blew up the sub, and you were so excited to figure out what the hell is going on next, and they throw this at you. Especially when you see his dad, and they're like, oh, yeah, I could see how yeah. that would be, yeah. And then you don't get an answer to that for like Another three week. more episodes. Yeah. Like, like it's yeah, bad enough absolutely. that you get a story that's not connected to that at all. Yeah. But then you have to wait three more episodes after that before you get the answer to what, what the fuck's up with Cooper. A, a month ago. See, yeah. I don't know if it, it's because I'm watching it later, but and if I'm used to that from, I don't want to watch Walking Dead anymore, but they used, were bad for that, where something would happen, then... Then we'd come away from those characters. Yeah, you'd be like, for fuck's sake. You know like, how mean? long did it take us to find out what happened to Glenn? Yeah, that's right, exactly. He's under a dumpster for three episodes, and then we finally get back to him. Oh, he's not dead. Yeah. And then they kill him four episodes after that. <laughs> Emotionally manipulative. Yeah. yeah, not cool. So maybe that's why the expose episode didn't really bother as much as it would if I was watching it. Yeah, because we we get to watch them as quickly as we want. That's right. Them. Yeah, exactly. So if you're waiting week to week for the episodes, I could see how that would be a piss off. You know. Yeah, it'd be my, pretty frustrating. Did either yeah. of you guys watch uh, South Park back in the day? Not week to no. week. So there was a, an episode where they they end on a cliffhanger. They're going to reveal who Carbon's father is. Oh yeah. They they end on a cliffhanger and then there's uh, a hiatus the the mid season break and they come back and it's a Terrence and Philip episode. It has nothing to do with any of the the South Park characters. It's just about Terrence and Philip and people, and people are rattled, raging. Yeah, so mad. But you know what? I could also see the writers, creators, producers, whatever. Sitting there and just laughing. That's yeah. the thing. That's what I would do. It's just to mess with people. Like yeah. Just fuck with people. Yeah. They really want Absolutely. these answers. Let's give them nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Episode's going to be totally unrelated <laughs> next. Just, yeah. We're sitting here just peeking and freaking out, and they're going, ha, what a bunch yeah. of losers. <laughs> you don't get to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I would be if I were to produce anything. Just the biggest jerk to my audience. Yeah, be like, okay, we're going to end on a cliffhanger this season. Okay, next season, episode one, 
We're not touching no, on that. Exactly. Nothing to do with that. No, I'd be even more of a jerk. I'd end a series on a cliffhanger and they wouldn't be able to figure it out. I'd start up a totally different series, <laughs> something unrelated, and answer it there. Oh, well, that... A decade later. That, that almost happened, kind of. Uh, last Man on Earth with Will Forte. Oh, yeah? Season, the last season ends on a cliffhanger and then Fox cancels it. Nice. They were they were hoping that ending on a cliffhanger would mean Fox would be less likely to cancel them. No, no. everyone thinks that. It doesn't. <laughs> it just pisses off your audience yeah. because now you have a series that has ended on a cliffhanger and that's it, how it stands. And it's it's a huge cliffhanger like so, so the the premise of the show is that everyone on earth is basically killed by a virus except for a handful of people. And then the end of season 4, the cliffhanger, there's a bunch of people who come out with gas masks on, but there's like hundreds of people. Yeah. You're like, well, where the fuck did they come from and where have they been this whole time? Never get to know. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't feel bad about spoiling that because it never gets a conclusion. No. Yeah. no. no there's a lot of, of good good TV, at least I think it's good TV, that has ended like that and been cancelled and it rattles me. I don't have know you, you, guys... have you ever seen Carnival from HBO? No, I was going to say Deadwood from HBO. So HBO is bad for that. Yeah, if... God damn it, HBO. And you have the budget to finish things. <laughs> HBO... Finish your stupid series. I mean, they're doing it with Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones has been a huge moneymaker for them. Oh, massive. I mean, it, it's a massive expenditure, too, so I'm not exactly sure what the profit margin is each season, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, the sh- that, that show's going to go down in history, like Lost, as one of the all-time greats. I mean, these guys got to have a little bit more foresight than that. Like, you're, you're building a legacy. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like network executives be should be should err more on the side of creativity than than just making these financial decisions. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, <clears throat> bad financial decisions can ruin a company, but it, I think it could pay off in the long run if a series is complete. Absolutely. Because if Lost had ended at the end of season three, we would definitely not be talking about it right now. Definitely not. And I want to... You know, put a finer point on that, like, good series. Yes. If you're watching this and you have three solid seasons and your creator is asking for money to do one more to finish it off... Just give them the money. Just give them the money, man. I think that's what Fox did with Fringe, right? Fringe was losing money, but they kept it afloat because the story was interesting. Okay, fair enough. It was maintaining the audience that it had. It just wasn't attracting new viewers. Well, that's fair. I mean, as long as you're not losing money and... I don't know. Even if you're losing a little bit of money, and if it's still a good story, yeah, like Fox let it run to a conclusion. They gave it a last season, and it got a it got a conclusion. Yeah, last season of Fringe wasn't that great. I, I didn't it, see it, but I know yeah. I know that it did get an ending. <laughs> and that's fair. And it got the ending. In all fairness, was pretty good. The whole season was a little off in the rhubarb a bit, but at that point, I felt like the show was getting a little but up inside its own ass. Yeah, a little bit. It was <laughs> getting a little too full of itself, you know. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was getting a little tired of it, too, by the end. But having a good series, a library of good series under your banner, like, that'll do well for future promotions. And again, I told you, I just finished reading this novel on The Wire, and no one watched The Wire when it came out. Like, they had to go back and try to get it renewed almost every other season because HBO was ready to cancel it, even though they admitted and recognized that it was amazing television and an amazing story didn't have the following right but now 10 years later much like lost you hear everyone talking about the wire and how amazing it is and hbo like they're promoting that well i don't know how much they're promoting it but they have that in their deck of cards saying yeah we've got the wire yeah it is universally acclaimed as being good television imagine if they had canceled that after third season they wouldn't have that it'd have an incomplete series yeah so what does that do for you? That does nothing for you. <laughs> no. Damn it! Tell Sarah we're in the middle of something. I did. I told her. I texted her twice. I said we're recording. What's up? <laughs> well, we'll cut this part out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> I love you, but what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> okay, back uh, to episode fifteen here. Sorry, we went way off. <laughs> no, that's what we do. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were still talking about Lost. We yeah. About way. Really roundabout. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Let's get back to... <laughs> back to episode 15. Episode 15 starts off, you know, Juliet's going to bring Kate uh, some snacks. Hands her her axe instead. Yep. Big time. <laughs> Big time. So Juliet 
you know, after being a doctor, also went on to become a black belt, I imagine, in something. Yeah, because she, like, he, she dodges the pool cue and flips Kate on her ass. Oh, yeah. So fast. Quick reflexes. Badass woman. So J- taking out Jack wasn't a fluke. No. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Absolutely. I made a note that I think this is my favorite Kate episode because she doesn't run. This is the only Kate episode we've seen so far where the theme is not Kate runs. She's actually going towards her. She's attempting to face her past instead of running away from it. Running towards the conflict instead of away from it this time. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure this is why it's the only Kate episode I like. Really? Out of the entire series. Like, (laughs) there's none in the future either. (laughs) You're talking about like her flashbacks specifically or just in general with like a sort of Kate-centric episode? Kate-centric episodes, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I I don't... Yeah, I really do like, you know, her pairing with Juliet here in this episode. I think those scenes are awesome. They play off each other really well. Really well. I didn't really care for her flashback stuff. No. But I usually don't because I really don't care that much about her backstory. There were some interesting things, though. Like, it crosses over with Sawyer's backstory. Yeah. Like she, yeah. She met Sawyer's baby mama, and she knows that Sawyer has a baby before he did. Yeah. Although she doesn't know that it's him. No. You know. And, and she won't. And that's the fun part about Lost. And I guess we're starting to see this more and more, especially with, you know, Jack finding out he's got a half-sister, Claire, and... Everyone's Everyone's connected. Everyone's connected, like... And they don't know it. And they don't know it. They don't know how close they've come to to intersecting or to affecting one another's lives. And very rarely will they ever realize that they crossed paths in the past. There are a few times when it will happen, but it's very rare. Most of it is for the audience's benefit to know that they're all connected in some way. Some way, yeah. It is really neat. And then that begs the question as to whether or not the connections are coincidental. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil this right now okay. and say that their fates are intertwined. Fate has brought them together on purpose. And these connections in their past are are to highlight that for the audience. Okay, awesome. So we are gonna go there. Yes. I'm not going to get too. I'm not no, going to get no. any more into it, but understandable, and as we shouldn't. But you're right. It, so it is not coincidence that they all are there for a reason. And these connections in their past are there for us to put that together. So just you know, next time you see character interactions and flashbacks and whatnot, keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Because it is. It is rather interesting. Uh, what else do I have written down here? Oh, Juliet mentions that, you know, Ben likes to play mind games and whatnot, but, I mean, clearly some of that is rubbed off on Juliet as well. Yeah. As you find out that she handcuffed herself to Kate of her own volition. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting play. Talk about being emotionally manipulative on Ben's side of things. You know, she admits that there'd be less, less likely that she'd be left behind again if, you know, Kate thinks that they're in it together. Yeah. And how, what is that, if not extremely manipulative? Very manipulative. And that's not, this won't be the last time we see Juliet manipulate someone. <laughs> she's, not, she's not a terrible person. She just is a little selfish at this point. Sure. They're all flawed, and we've, yeah. we've beaten that one to death for sure. Definitely yeah, not. We don't, need to, we don't need to cover all the flaws. <laughs> no, no, God, no. <laughs> We'd be here all day. That's a whole episode to itself. Uh, and she's not on Ben's level in terms of manipulation, but she's no, no, no stranger to it. Well, no. somebody is, but we won't see them for a while. No. Uh, I made a note here uh, asking Derek. It's a general question, but it's more for Derek. Uh, where are the others going, and why did they gas Kate? Why are they abandoning New Otherton? I wouldn't even know what to guess, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, these questions are like, if I had given up at this point trying to figure things out, I'm sure that you have as well. Yeah. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Like, I was going to write down a bunch of points there to ask Derek what he thinks, like, this is all about. And then in the back of my head, I was thinking, why? Like, (laughs) I honestly, I have no idea. The poor guy's probably, like Dylan said, done trying to predict what's going on. Yeah. You're just along for the ride, right? Yeah, I kind of learned that with the show, is that you really can't try and predict what's going to happen. Yeah, because any prediction you make is going to be wrong. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're really good at picking up very subtle hints. Yeah, which I'm not. And we're, we're, we are still throwing pretty blatant hints at you without actually spoiling things. Yeah. But even still, it's pretty tif- difficult to piece everything together. Yeah. Agreed. There's a lot going on. So Juliet was left behind, and you realize why that was? Sort of. 
Sort of. Sort of. I mean, she was supposed to be, she wanted off the island, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, she's no longer in the group. She had made that very clear. Yeah, when she's she, not another anymore. No, she's been branded, right? Yeah. Branded a traitor. Yeah. Sort of. Well, I mean, literally branded, but yeah, she <laughs> traitor says, sort of. She says she doesn't know, but she knows. <laughs> she knows what she did. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so I have here at the end, and I mean, we can go back to some of uh, the stuff that happens in the middle, but so they leave Juliet behind. Like, is that, I mean, Saeed immediately thinks it's an obvious ploy by the others, you know, to put an inside man in their camp. But yeah. is it almost too obvious to be a ploy? Or has Ben thought three steps ahead and it's so obvious that they won't see it coming? Yeah, it's one of those... Yeah. <laughs> Does he know we know, or does he know we know we know? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. How so, many layers to this is there? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, Derek, I mean, there's. I will ask you that, but just for fun, like, what side of the coin do you think Juliet's on? Do you think she was actually left behind, and now she's in with Jack and the boys, or is she a planted planted operative? Mm, good question. I think she's planted. Planted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that question will continue for the next few episodes. Yeah, we won't get a solid answer for a little while yet. Yeah, but I mean, it is an obvious question, and people other than Saeed will bring it up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saeed will not be the last person to question her <laughs> no. loyalties. Uh, I made a note that running from the monster in handcuffs with a dislocated shoulder would super suck. Yeah, and yeah, Kate's kind of an asshole for dislocating your shoulder. Albeit not on purpose. But no, but still, it's, still that sucks. sucks. And they're hiding in the little bamboo thicket there in the monster. Banyan trees. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> the monster's upon them, and then... You remember how we were talking about Buddhism earlier? Yeah. The banyan trees relate to Buddhism as well. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, dang. I don't, I don't want to get into it... Now? ...with Derek, because it's spoilery, but also it does relate. Okay. It relates to what we were talking about earlier. So I was going to say, the monster's almost upon them there, and then it just sort of takes off. Well, and there's a line about that in the video game. The really terrible lost video game. Yeah, I never played that. There was, uh, there was a line that Locke said in the game that says something about he doesn't know blah blah blah, but he does know that the banyan trees provide protection from the monster. So something about those trees protects them from the smoke monster for some reason. Hmm. Similar to how the fence protects you like not very effective at stopping people we saw yeah. very effective at stopping the smoke monster yes it runs headlong into it and just kind of spreads <laughs> can't get through it does fucked up shit to people but you can get past it fair enough fair enough so most of the other notes i have here are about sawyer which i absolutely loved sawyer's little you know arc in this one made for great comic relief you know as we pepper it in between the really heavy Juliet and Kate stuff. But I love the line that Sawyer has where he goes, you tricked me into being decent? (laughs) As if he realizes that he's not a decent man most of the time. So it's interesting that he has that sort of observation about himself. Yeah. Yeah, Generally selfish people don't realize that they're selfish. And I made a note earlier in that episode, earlier in the episode, that Hurley con Sawyer. Yeah. Did a good job yeah. of it, too. For a con man, he gets conned a lot. Yeah, he does. Maybe he's not as good as he thinks he is. Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> um, I made a note about a line from Kate's mom that speaks to her relationship with Sawyer. Uh, you can't help who you love. Right. That's true. Yeah. And as bad as Sawyer is for her, she can't help that she's she's clearly in love with him. Yeah. yeah. She hates him, but she also loves him. <laughs> and you know the old saying... You know, about how people try to find partners that resemble their parents, not physically, but emotionally or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, sort of speaks to that as well. I'm sure Freud would have a field day with that one. Oh, yeah. Kate would have, a, Freud would have a lot to say about Kate. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I'm almost out of notes. Derek, anything fun, exciting? Uh, I wrote the smoke once. It's pretty cool. The smoke monster <laughs> is pretty cool. That was my note. And you do get to see a good shot of it you in do, this yeah. one here. I don't know how many really clear shots there have been, but you definitely see it hit that wall at full force and then sort of the regroup and retreat. Before this, the best look we got at it was when it killed the Echo. Right. Yeah. So they, they refer to it as a monster, and it does seem to be 
very animal-like, you know, just instinctually going after the Losties. Yeah, that's and, all we know of it so far. And yeah. I will say that Juliet is not lying when she says that they don't know what it is, and we won't know what it is until season six. Yeah, I, I don't even think Damon Lindelof knew what it was at this point. I want to think that he did. Maybe. I want to. I want to. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Probably had an idea. Probably hadn't nailed down the details. Yeah. I'm sure he had an idea of the whole series arc, but. Yeah. Yeah, like we've discussed before, he knew he knew the major beats, mm -hmm. but the details are more flexible. Yeah, wishy-washy. Fair enough. And what's a detail and what's what are the major beats? We don't know. Fair, fair. So we did mention that Hurley is sort of setting Sawyer up to be their de facto leader, just in Jack's absence. Because he doesn't know that Jack is on his way back now. That's you know? right. It doesn't, I mean doesn't know if Jack will ever come back, right? Yeah. So they do look to someone, that someone happens to be Sawyer. Strong male presence, fair enough, I could see how they do that. And it almost seems like Sawyer's bought into it, right at the end, you know, he's holding the little baby Aaron. He feels, because he's he feels good about finally doing something good. Yeah, he's thinking, you know what? Maybe I am a pretty <laughs> decent person, maybe I can do this. And then this... I like how he shoots that glance at Sun. Oh yeah. After... She slaps him for yeah. arranging the whole kidnapping, and the expression on his face totally changed because yeah. he realizes he's actually... He doesn't want to be that guy. He's realizing that he's been sabotaging himself his entire life. He, he He's done a lot of bad shit. He makes himself unlikable because he doesn't feel like he deserves kindness. He feels like, I'm, I'm a con man the same way the person that killed my parents is a con man, so I'm a terrible person because of that. Even though it's all part of his plot to find this guy and get revenge, he still hates himself because of what he's had to become, what he thinks he had to become. Uh, I made a, a note here, uh, a question. Was Jack unconscious that entire time that Kate and Juliet were out running in the woods all night? I guess so. Because they, the, they get to his house and he's laying on the floor still. Yeah, yeah. that's a long time. <laughs> like, I, I don't know exactly how much time passed, but was yeah. it... It was first thing in the morning when they gassed Kate, right? I feel like it was still dark. Well, I feel like they gassed them all at the same time, right? Like when they left the camp? Yeah. You think, threw, right? threw a canister in each room. Which, that was daytime. That was daytime when they threw the canister. It was. They spend an entire night in the jungle together. They did. They find Jack in his house, and he's still unconscious the next day. So, Juliet, was she gassed? Or was she just left? I feel like they have to have gassed her. Or they would have, have had followed. to, right? How would they stop her from following... Yeah, exactly. So, she's gassed. Wakes Don't come up, with us. Wakes up a full day before everyone else. Drags Kate into the bush. Cuffs her. Has this whole adventure with Kate just trying to bond so that she has somewhere to go. And then they come back and wake everybody else up who's just been snoozing through this whole thing. And we don't even see them wake Saeed up. He's no, just, he's just there. He's just there. there. Yeah. I yeah. checked the other houses. When did you do that? <laughs> so... So the gas really hit Jack hard. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> well, way harder than anybody else. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that, yeah, the gas hits, like, these bigger male the bigger, characters, yeah. you know, and, and the these tiny women, girls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they wake up almost a full, instantly. A full day before the two men. Yeah. So I, maybe, there may be some continuity errors in there. I'm not a whole... Maybe they got more of the sure. gas. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm no anesthesiologist, so I don't know how this stuff works, but it does seem It just seems funny. really weird the way they wrote it. Yeah. No, you think, yeah. so they spend an entire night doing their own thing and they, they come back and Jack is still unconscious from the same thing that knocked them out I didn't like that Jack put his foot down with Saeed at the end of the episode like well who, who says she's telling the truth I do yeah <laughs> and that's it that's and Saeed's just like okay <laughs> I mean what are you gonna do I Shooter? mean you, you've effectively decided he, he's agreed with everyone that Jack should be the leader yeah like he's gone to, to Jack for leadership the whole way yeah. I'm out of notes, that's why I'm going to So he's just going to trust yeah. what Jack says? Yeah. I mean, I, well, sort of. Sort of. He's, he's going to, like... He must have his... Uh, there's no point in arguing this point with Jack right now. Yeah. So that, he just right. lets it go. But he's not he's not accepting her word that she's not a double agent. No. Yeah. They, they will come back to this. And not just Saeed, either. No, we're going to see a lot of people questioning, questioning her loyalties. Yeah. And, I mean... To be fair, you're right. They sort of have elected Jack as their leader. You can't elect someone a leader and then just question every single decision that he makes. Because why would he why why would he be leader if he don't exactly. trust his judgment? Exactly. 
So I think Saeed will have to swallow it in the end. Yeah. We'll have to see how the next few episodes play out. Yeah, and the rest of the series for that matter. A lot is going to happen. Like this, a lot is going to happen in the next six episodes. And then we've still got the finale after that. Yeah, it's going to be good. The next couple podcasts, we're going to have quite a bit to talk about. There are no bad episodes from this point forward. Like, I don't remember anyone having negative reactions to any of these episodes. What was the bad one? Just the expose one? Yeah, expose people really didn't like. And there's a couple, like, softer episodes in some of the earlier seasons, too. Yeah. But... Yeah, Fire and Water is universally hated. I don't know why. I didn't hate it. It's the one where... Uh, Charlie's having his hallucinations oh, okay. and dreams yeah. and baptizing Aaron and all that yeah some of those earlier episodes like I said I, they're not bad just a little softer yeah but no I, I think you're right from here on out it's uh, the rest of the metal. season at least is very solid in season in the like there will always be weak episodes in, in any given season but well that's with any show yeah the worst know. episode of Lost is still better than most TV shows yeah yeah there's no comparison like Law and Order or something, some garbage TV like that. No, this is operating on a whole different level than yeah. most shows. Alrighty, so that concludes 52. Episode 52 in the bag. Nice. <laughs> a daytime recording to boot. I know, yeah. that's different. Yeah. I think I think um, we'll do a movie episode while John's away. Yeah. And then we'll do another Lost episode when he gets back. We could keep doing these day ones when John's around. Yeah, man, because... This was <laughs> so easy to set up. Super <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying, like... You want to do a daytime episode yeah. on Tuesday? Okay. John? Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're done. No, well, yeah. this is really easy because you and I largely will we have, have no much going on. Yeah, no, exactly. So kids are at school during the day, so I got nothing to do and I'm off. So Yeah. There you go. That actually works out way better. Yeah. Yeah, and if Sarah doesn't feel like participating, right. we're not keeping her up till all, all Exactly. Night. That's right. So, yeah. We'll do, we'll do a movie while you're gone, then we'll come back to Lost when you get back. and Love TV. In the... Uh, <laughs> In two months, we'll be done this season. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, so good night. Good night. Or whenever you watch this, whatever. This has been Welcome to Planet Bob. If you know any shows or movies you think we should discuss, find me on Twitter, at King of Bob. That's at King underscore of underscore Bob. And Derek, you can find me at Lars M on Twitter, L-A-R-Z-M. And this is Sarah. I'm on Tumblr at Welcome to Planet Bob. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Welcome to Planet Bob. Thanks for listening to our show, and we hope you tune in next week.